Okay, we never do this, but before we jump into today's episode, we have two enormous announcements we've been alluding to for several weeks now. First, we have a brand new website, and you can find it at www.thatwouldberadpodcast.com. That's not, you know, super exciting. It's 2022. Who doesn't have a website? And there's still a bunch of, you know, updates to the site to come, but Really, the reason why both Tyler and I are excited has to do with the functionality and the sort of centralized location for all things that would be rad. You can listen to episodes directly from the page. So all your friends who may not be hip to podcasts yet, uh, first off, we're, we're worried about you. You can share any of these episodes straight from our website. You can text it to them and they'd be able to listen to it straight from their phone or computer without having to, you know, figure out how to get on an Apple podcast or Spotify or, or any of that stuff. You can also search all of our episodes based on a keyword, whatever your favorite thing is. You can search and listen to and find every single one of the episodes that we've talked about. For example, if you want to listen to every Bigfoot episode that we've done or retro TV shows, or even Dungeons & Dragons, you can do that now from our website. You can leave us a review directly on the website. You can visit our merch store. You can sign up for our mailing list. And even more exciting, dude, this is the one that I'm super stoked about. You can actually leave us a voicemail right from the site. You, there's just a little microphone icon. You're looking at it on your phone. You can click that and boom, record. You could tell us your story or even just a quick hello from wherever you are in the world. We promise we'll feature you on the show. Here's the best one. We saved the best for last for you. You can even sign up for our Patreon from our website. You heard that correctly. It is finally here. After so many of you guys asked, hey, when are you starting a Patreon and all this, we are launching our Patreon on Monday, September 5th, 2022. Now we're going to release more details about it as we get closer to this date regarding the membership tiers that will be available and all of the cool sh you'll have access to no matter which level of love and support you choose. So in honor of that amazing and incredibly rad news, both of us thought we would release this giant sized sneak preview of an episode we already recorded to be exclusively for our patrons. Enjoy. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Hey, I got to say, uh, pal, mm -hmm. that I haven't read it yet, to your dismay. Um, but my God, how long is this, uh, this, these DM notes? Because <laughs> our buddy Dan says, started reading last night, going to finish them up on my lunch break. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like five or six Jeez. pages. Oh, that's not bad. No. Maybe he's a slow reader. Well, I mean, you know, of like actual pages. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't help that it's on like a phone. It's a PDF on a phone. But mm. I just. Hey, what does a PDF mean? I don't even know, actually. I don't either, actually. I should know this, considering I'm a graphic designer, but I don't. Huh, I feel like there's something I was going to say right out of the. Oh, dude. I can't believe 
I didn't tell this camp story last week, dude. Mm. See, because everybody thinks that I'm the D head and you're the yeah. guy that like snuck into the girls' cabin. Well, guess what, folks? Yeah. Your boy Woody also tried to sneak into the girls' side of camp. Now, well, there's a difference though, because you just said try. I didn't try. Well, hold on. Let me let me explain. There's no try and sneak. <laughs> My uh, camp was smart enough to where like all the girls were. We were separated by a lake. In other words, they dealt with my kind I before. Told story. Okay, I've never told this story. I told. I may have told you this story. Did you get chased by like a monitor lizard? No, 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 no. That's that's a no. That's a whole other story. That was a good story, though. Yeah, I just told it to my kids the other day. Hmm. Moral of the story, kids: Do what you do what your parents say. Okay, let me let me get back to it. Okay, summer camp. I think I'm like. It might be it's the ninth year grade, nineteen seventy-seven. No, it's 94, okay? 1994. What an amazing summer. I mean, dude, I'm learning about all kinds of awesome, like, like the older kids were showing me, like, Soundgarden and, like, Stone Temple Pilots and Rage Against the Machine and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Just an amazing year in music. But anyhow, late at night, me and some of the older kids, we sneak out of our... Um, they weren't actually cabins. They were like sort of like the, uh, we used to call them pup tents. I don't know. They're like the old army sort of, oh, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. A-frame tent. Yep. And it was like two people to a, to a tent. And you had mm-hmm. like these like uh, cots that were not really comfortable but better than the ground. So, you know, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee, All right. Mm. We sneak out. We go to the waterfront. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We untie a canoe. We slowly slip that thing into the water. Careful not to make any noise, dude. You know how everything is just like louder when you're trying to be quiet? Mm-hmm. You still, you're still there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we get in the water, in the canoe, like, and we're just like slowly, again, trying to be quiet. It's like late at night on the water. Everything's still every noise the second the paddle hits the water it's just like it's still like it's loud as heck well we're like this is a big relatively big like lake okay mm-hmm. it's gonna take us a while to get there but we're convinced that first off we didn't plan anything with it we hadn't even like talked to a girl oh okay, yeah so we're just headed over there man it'll be fine they'll like us when we get there <laughs> so we're like paddling across we get about halfway in this giant spotlight just lights us up and we're just like get down we're just like being as still as possible and you just hear someone say we saw you duck go ahead and start paddling back and we're like we just stay we just stay down it's the cancelers man they could see us they spotlighted us you know like we think oh we'll just hide in the canoe and they'll just think it washed To the middle of the lake or something, you know, <laughs> floated away. They did. They forgot to tie that one up. Anyway, we finally mm. like pop up, and they're like, "Dude, I'll never forget this dude. Some like bad ace. It's like if one of us was a counselor. I like pop up, and then and then the guy goes, "There you go." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's man. awesome. And anyways, we paddled back. We got in. We got in trouble, and um, yeah, we never got. We never made it to the other side. God, what a fun. Jo- I, I I was never a camp counselor, but like, you know, listening to uh, last week's episode, uh, our buddy Clay and his daughter Z, like, 
I was just thinking about it. And then you just saying that, like, man, what a fun job to just be able to just mess around and like. Dude, I was a camp counselor. Jokes? Of course you were. But it was a day camp, so it wasn't as fun. Day camp. Day camp, meaning, yeah, exactly. Like the parents would drop the kids off. We mm-hmm. would do normal camp activities and then they would go back home. But my age group was uh, four to six. Oh my gosh. And I mean, this is, I was in college. It was actually, That's a my life it was right a blast, now. dude. Mm-hmm. Imagine being like a poor college kid. You're like, mm-hmm. I was like 19, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. I stopped bringing my lunch to camp, dude, because I would see these kids, first off, four to six year olds, but especially like on the younger side, their parents pack way too much, dude. They're, they're, they're oh, never even, a yeah. half a sandwich is the size of their stomach. They're not eating the whole thing. That's my wife. She packs it's just too massive much. lunches. Yeah, yeah, dude. And so you're, you're like setting them up for failure and mm-hmm. wasting a lot of food. So they would like, <laughs> I made a rule because I saw these kids just like dumping. First, the, the first thing they go for is the chips anyway. They eat the mm-hmm. chips and they're like, I'm full. <laughs> what, Mr. Woody? And I'm like, okay. Well, I started making like the trash can be close to where the counselors were and we would just like line up and make the kids, whoop, whoop, whoop. we'd be like, whoops, wait a second. And they're like, have these like, like some moms were intense even back then to my standard. They would cut the sandwich in half and then each individual half would be in its own Ziploc bag. Now, Wait, yeah, why? If, God, dude, I have no idea. But if you oh, add, maybe maybe like oh, maybe you, if you if you're full, we can you save can this one, save it for later. Yeah, didn't save it. Counselor Woody ate the heck out of it. Did I eat like a king all summer long? It was amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. That's anyway, pretty cool. anyway, uh, am I doing this today? Mm-hmm. I thought so. Also, admittedly, I still feel bad about the shaving cream incident. But yeah, I, made, I mean, I, I made amends with the guy, man. I apologize, you know, every year since then, basically, to this this guy. And I can't stress it enough. Nicest, one of the nicest people just of all time. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that's a, that that's a real a shame. Jerk, huh? But we all, yeah. we all do. Well, we all have stories. I mean, I had, I, I had one, but... Uh, the guy was just, I mean, he, he was a total dick as long as I, I knew him. So it's like, I, I know that I should feel bad, but I kind of don't. Well, you're off to a good start there. Uh, No, I mean the dude that, uh, remember that I put all the marshmallows in his backpack and hit it (laughs) under a rock by the fire. That sucks. Yeah. I'm so glad the kids are back in school. Mm -hmm. I can, uh. Dude, they're loving it too, man. They are loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same over here. Well, in yeah. school and also like activities. I mean, the the level of like, oh my gosh, we got to take him here and take him there. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, but I kind of I got it. You know, like towards the end of the summer, dude, I'm kind of ready. I'm I'm ready for that structure. Yes, but I don't love. Like I know that as soon as soccer starts, it's just gonna. Mm consume well it's everything. hilarious man it's like sports when we were kids it was like hey man somebody make sure you bring the orange slices right and you know we'll see you on saturday and it's yeah. like nowadays when you're like four years old it's like hey man we're not a you know we're not a pro this isn't pro what, yeah what, what, right you know and I, I don't know sometimes it's a little overboard but then well my wife is the is my daughter's soccer coach mm-hmm. so it's overboard, like on the field and at home. Everybody's doing push-ups. 
<laughs> she did actually start making them run laps last mm-hmm. year. And, oh, dude, that's awesome. And they're like in, I mean, I think one or two are still in kindergarten even. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she's like, she's out there. I can just imagine Courtney just being out there like, I don't want to hear it, you pansies. <laughs> Let's go. I love it, man. I mean, like oh, yeah. I do, I know what you're saying. But I mean, like, for example, like our oldest just started cross country. He and I have been waking mm-hmm. up every morning to do like a little like short sort of one and a half mile, you know, run together. And it's just been awesome, dude. We like, you know, listen every day. To, yeah. Man. We listen to, uh, you know, music and stuff. Like I just put it on my phone and like we're just out there jogging, talking. Just it's great sort of father and son time. Mm-hmm. It's just so much fun, man. Speaking of that, dude, real quick. Okay. So he's been begging. Did I already mention this on the show, though, about him begging me to start Stranger Things? And Well, for, first let's talk about what we're going to be getting into today. Okay. And then, I mean, where are we, where are we picking up from? How much so of that are we so confident? <laughs> how much of that are we keeping and how much know. are we? I couldn't tell if you were going for it and you weren't. Um, Here's the thing. When we have mm. sort of like themes that sort of encompass several months or several weeks, for example, Camp Red Strangeness, set yep. it normal that time, been you practicing. Did. Or like the, uh, <laughs> or the, uh, the spooktacular in October when we just go straight spooky. You or know, October spooktacular. Yeah. Uh, October spooktacular. Is that what we call it? You said spooktacular in October. Yeah, okay. But it is in, okay. The October spooktacular, which lasts the entire month of October, mm. you know, we just go straight spooky there and we try to keep it themed. Here's what, here's kind of what sucks for us during that time, even though we've already got it all planned out and yada, yada, yada. You know, things happen. We watch movies or yeah. we hear new songs or, you know, whatever. And we kind of feel like we, we can't do an episode about any of those things during yeah. that time because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, you're not getting your money's worth. Yeah. So we I thought agree. this week we would kind of finally talk together about, a couple things. Mm-hmm. The movie Nope and yep. the movie Prey. Yeah. I, I, uh, so um, confident. <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we've been on kind of a, you know, with all the, we both traveled a lot over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also, you know, put in a good amount of work and I mean, we've goofed off a lot. Let's be honest. But we've, you know, done a lot of topics where it, it takes uh, a good bit of research on the back end, you know. And so uh, the fact that, like, we have all this, like, amazing media coming out and things that we're into mm-hmm. and, you know, the the whole point of this podcast is basically a, a recording of two best friends talking about what they're into, mm-hmm. what they're, you know, listening to, what they're watching and... uh you know, it, it's for the sake of, for the, so their kids can listen to it, you know, years down the line. So I think this episode, we're going to relax, we're going to kick off our shoes, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the stuff we've been into. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know which one you want to talk about first. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Nope first. Okay. Yeah. And that's a show. <laughs> and that's it. A film by Jordan Peele, and it was awesome. <laughs> So you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> okay, so first let me just say that to me, I'm going to make, mm-hmm. we, I think both of it. Well, first let's do this. Let me press the spoiler alert button. Now, folks, when you hear this sound, that generally means there 
is a strong possibility that if you have not seen any of the movies or the TV shows that we're going to be talking about today, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about stuff that may spoil it for you. So definitely, you know, if you don't care about that, that's fine. Both of our wives don't care about that at all. Tyler, yeah. to an extent, sometimes doesn't really, but that's, mm. I'm just kidding. Like sometimes you spoil stuff for me. Oh. And you're like, no, no, no dude, 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 it's not a spoiler. At well, the end, the kid sees dead people. I'm like, good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so excited. Anyway. So this is your chance to maybe press pause mm-hmm. and come back to this episode on another time. If you haven't seen Nope, Pray, or Stranger Things 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Nope, I'm going to say something that's like pretty, it's a strong statement, dude. Mm-hmm. And I know that you agree because we both basically said the same exact thing to each other okay. after okay. we watched it. Okay. Best UFO movie of all time. <sighs> okay, so... Well, l- let me let's qualify that. Yeah, let me cl- let me clarify by this. I think of all time, I think it, it in my top three, I would say Fire in the Sky, mm-hmm. just from the sheer Man, visceral, okay. scary like abduction sort mm-hmm. of aspect of it. I would say secondly, uh, Signs. Yeah, I think Signs. Darn, that's is, good too. Yep is genius and the like emotional build and like the character growth and stuff is, and the payoff was so great. Um, but I got to say, since you're saying best UFO movie of all time, 100%. Yeah. Cause the other ones are kind of like alien. Right. You exactly. know, in, in mm-hmm. some way, like it's either alien abductions or, or, um, you know, just like encounter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not to slight like any of the other ones that are that are out there, you know, close encounters yeah. of the third kind. Oh, yeah. um, E.T. Well, of course, come on. I mean. Oh, real quick. I, I do got to say something. I just thought of this. I'm sorry. Hold on. What is this thing called? Hold on. What the heck was. Um, Here we go. <laughs> sorry. Hey, Woody, I don't know how you like to spend your Saturday, but just hold on one second. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, today's your day, okay? Just take your time. Oh, man. I know you said you were ready to go, but just take your time, man. That is... We support you. Really funny. I'm trying to find the, the, the long UFO documentary that... Steven Spielberg did that was like on TV. Never heard of it. God, it, but it's like it really is like four hours. Wait, but are you talking? You're not talking about the new one, right? That no, no, no. This is okay. This is old. This was like nineties. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, screw it. Uh, what was that? To, uh, yeah, I totally just like jumped in. But uh, what was the last thing we would have said? Because I'm not going to get. Oh, let's see. It. I was talking about. We were just talking about other sort of UFO movies. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's the famous, um, Intruders mm-hmm. was, which actually you had like a, yeah, I got that on VHS, like the, like a the promo copy, yeah, the tester copy or whatever. Yeah. That's really cool. The, which is, um, I mean, I don't know. Does it stand up? I mean, dude, it's still time? pretty, again, like that question's so hard. Like, I mean, could they have done better in certain areas? Yeah. But I mean, like, it's still pretty dang scary, you yeah. know? There's something yeah. about those older movies, especially whenever you're watching them on VHS, that like, yeah, makes it creepier. I don't know. Somehow, like, 
you know, transport you back in time to when you were a kid when you first saw it kind of thing, you know? Oh, that's, yeah. So that's you're like, point. you're like living that emotion again. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, all I remember from that movie is, well, two scenes I remember. I remember there were like, there's a part where she's, she's doing something and then the, these lights are like, she's doing the dishes maybe and the lights are coming through the window. Mm. And then there's like the other scene, which it still kind of terrifies me, but also it's hilarious. There's the scene where there's like the UFO floating like above the lake or beside the lake mm-hmm. and like the hybrid kid like oh, turns you, the, the kid that looks like you. <laughs> Very pale. He looks just like mm-hmm. him. Uh, same so eyes. Weird looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like he's like half, you know, hybrid, half human, half alien. And mm-hmm. God, it's, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> I don't um, think it's meant to be funny, but it is. No, no, funny. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. And then I don't know that we've talked about this. I don't think you've seen, have you ever, have you seen Communion? Yeah. With, uh-huh. with Christopher Walken? Yep. yep. I don't know. I also have that on VHS. There's some scary sort of scenes. Yeah. I mean, there. it's kind of scary and stuff. Like, I, um, I don't know. Look, we should do a full breakdown on that, like, whole story at, at yeah. some point. But, like, oh, yeah, for the, sure. You know, the way. I don't know. It's it's interesting, man. It's kind of weird. Like I don't know. It's just kind of a weird movie. It, it's it's uh it's I, I feel like the book communion was is like probably better. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so pivotal. And and to be honest, I think that it. I don't know. I I, I do feel like it's just that cover alone is responsible for a lot of what mm-hmm. maybe some people are seeing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe their mind is sort of like projecting that we're not going to get into all that today but um yeah. but the movie boy i mean he goes he goes full walking yeah, yes is, yeah right and and i read about how like the uh who's the guy the, the uh whitley streber yeah streber like mm-hmm. was kind of mad about the way that he was being portrayed right and walking was kind of like you know this is the way i want to do it <laughs> and he's, i mean he's like you're making me look like a a crazy person and, and i think truly i think and i would have to look it up but i'm pretty sure the quote was just like well if it well if it sounds like a duck like that was walking's <laughs> response which is yeah. uh you know interesting approach there but okay look i want to dive into nope mm-hmm. um before we kind of like talk about this specific movie from jordan peele like i gotta say if you've never seen uh what's it called get, get out, out or mm-hmm. us Man, yep. dude, like this dude is, he's just incredible, man. hes It's very fresh, you know, like Tyler and I talk a lot about how, whether it's on this show or just like when we're just, you know, talking outside mm-hmm. of the, the podcast, how like refreshing it is when someone um, comes in with a new story mm-hmm. and and it's just like amazing. It's part of the reason why we love, you know, Christopher Nolan and, yeah, you know, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Um, the Duffer Brothers. Yes. Although, you know, a lot of those things, it's funny too. Like, I love it when, if it's done correctly, I love it when you can sort when the director or the writer kind of wears their influences on their sleeve, yeah. but it's done in a way that's like, almost like speaking directly to their audience. And I think that's part of the reason why Stranger, Th- Stranger Things did so well out of the gate yeah. is these are two dudes that grew up when we grew up they watched mm-hmm. the same things. We all have, they have the same, they were influenced by literally the exact same things we were. And so mm-hmm. it's so powerful whenever it comes through your screen because you remember all that stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, and you know what? It's it's interesting you said that because, you know, when you were talking about like seeing these like old movies, having that like fear and it almost like seeing them now as an adult, it almost sort of triggers that like sensation of you viewing the those movies like when you were a kid. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same. It's It's sort of the opposite of that, you know, watching shows like Stranger Things or like that 80s nostalgia, which I mean, I mean that's part of our whole show, you right. know, but... It's kind of like the same thing where it's like there's that, you know, like hidden little like giddiness when you see like, uh, oh, that's the same like Star Wars sheet that I had. Right, right. Like these little details that like they know exactly what they're doing. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Well, another thing, here's another thing about Jordan Peele. You know, he comes from this like comedy background. and. That's kind of what he's known for. And then he comes out of nowhere, seemingly, with his mm-hmm. first writing and directorial debut, Get Out. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's just mind-blowing, right? And I loved it. I think, well, and even us. I mean, all of his movies, if you're not used to them again or if you haven't seen them, they have like this element of like, you got to kind of look it up after, you know? Like you mm-hmm. watch it, you're like, wait, what? You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, not so much... And get out, but in us for sure. Yeah. And then in this one also, you know, and the only thing I would say that I I think potentially if people don't like this film specifically, but also any of the other ones is sometimes the concepts are kind of like higher level stuff that isn't as mainstream, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. the projection aspect in, in get out and then like the strange sort of like, cloning and you know being tied to another soul in us Mm -hmm. and then like in this movie and again spoiler alarm the way that he portrays a ufo yeah anytime now bill just add to it you ever been in a podcast before well i didn't i didn't want to like you know, no, I'm just saying, like, away, like I, up front. I think, I think, well, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think if I would have seen this movie, I mean, the way that the UFO is the alien. Well, I mean, thanks for coming by, folks. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest pieces. Oh, of it, no, know? that, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's get like there? getting right into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, first, let's just talk about how, I, well, I can't help but talk about how there are so many parallels. And an obvious influence, just in the vibe of this movie, with Mm -hmm. Skinwalker Ranch and the stuff that I've literally recently been reading. And then I go and watch this movie, I'm like, oh, man, it just makes me even more pumped to finish the book and and learn Mm -hmm. more about Skinwalker Ranch. Now, have you you watched the show at all? Nope, not at all. On purpose. Um, You honestly, uh, typically I would say no. What? Here we go. He's going to spoil it. No, 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 I'm not spoiling it. in real time, folks. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying mm-hmm. typically I would say no, and there are elements of the show that are, um, you know, you can kind of tell that, like, there's some acting and some of the stuff is, like, dramatized and all, but, like, the, he's, you know, he's, like, a propulsion physicist. I mean, he's, like, a real deal that, like, I've heard about forever before that, and, like, there's some, like, kind of crazy evidence mm-hmm. uh I would be curious to see what you think about it because I, I think it's great. Well, again, part of the reason why I like, because I think the moment people just hear Skinwalker Ranch, they're like, what's that about? Well, it's about this, you know, at the, on the service level, people are, it's very easy to sort of be like, eh, 
you know? Mm-hmm. I can guarantee my brother's listening to this right now and thinking mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, not a whole lot of uh, motivation to read this book until I tell him part of the reason why I love this book is that they straight up took a scientific approach to studying mm-hmm. this phenomenon. Now, yeah. you know, there are moments in the book sometimes when I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, are, are people just kind of, they're just straight up like making this stuff up. Mm-hmm. But when we cover this, I'll explain why I just really don't believe that that's the case. But back to, no, nope. mm-hmm. I loved even in the in the sort of photography of the movie, how sort of like isolated it feels oh, yeah. on that ranch, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and, and first off too, I think, you know, obviously Jordan Peele uh, from Key and Peele, hilarious show, amazing. But, you know, he's he's big on sort of elevating these, I mean, I guess in every movie sort of, uh, you know, a lot of like African-American actors. And so mm-hmm. I think that alone is really was really an interesting choice and i say that like it just sounds weird me saying that as a as a white dude but you know i can't think of a especially like a ufo or alien movie that is like totally focused on on black people you know what i mean and so super cool to me that was awesome and then not only that but then you sort of sort of flip it even more and like not only is the cast like predominantly black, but they're also like cowboys mm-hmm. and like horse wranglers. And it's just this, this like total sort of, I don't know what I'm you trying to say. You get like, a chance to like see this on film, man. Yeah. You know? yeah and it exactly. just, again, it goes back to like, it just being like fresh and like, mm-hmm. to me, it was just like, oh, I loved every aspect of it. You know, like even the characters, the way the, the, the way the characters are written, mm-hmm. I thought were just, flawless man you've got like the the sister who mm-hmm. is just kind of like uh, carefree and just doesn't really like you know this is the family business but like you know she, and then you've got the brother who like takes it dead seriously and yeah he, he's like definitely like the straight man character yeah man and then like god the the dude from the um the, uh, the electronic the, fries fries yeah, electronics right. man mm-hmm. he was hilarious man yeah didn't you like lean over and say, this is literally you? Yeah, yeah. Whenever he was like, the first, there's that scene when he gets out of the van at first and he's kind of like doing, he's like stretching. He's like <laughs> yawning. He's like, oh boy. Yeah, so I just broke up with my girlfriend. You know, it's like, oh dude, that's Tyler. <laughs> and then like when he's talking about the difference between UFOs and UAP, all that stuff, I was like, that's Tyler. Yeah, 100%. Um, but even whenever they're like installing the cameras and stuff that happens with that and everything, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, dude, they did stuff like that on Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Yeah. And, man, it's just so cool, dude. Uh, yeah. Also, another thing that kind of like, I know left a lot of people initially were kind of like, what was, like, what's, what was that all about? Is that like, almost like subplot within the movie with the... It uh, was weird. Like the, the, the kid actors and... And the chimp. The chimpanzee and stuff. I got to say, man two of the scariest scenes in the yeah. movie. One was when the chimp kind of goes bananas. That mm-hmm. whole first like intro sequence is just like scary. But then when it shows like the full so confusing event initially. Yeah. And the chimp like sees the kid and it's just mm-hmm. like so scary. And then he just like goes up to him and it's just like breathing in his face kind of. Yeah. Oh. If 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 nothing else, the like the chimpanzee sort of like side story 
element was to completely confuse every single person that would that watch the trailer because like you know in the in the trailer before we we saw the movie you know you see like this like you know obviously it's like i mean now we know it's like a chimpanzee hand like so you see an ape hand doing almost like a fist bump with like a human hand uh you see a lady in the crowd with like like a mangled face which to me is the mm-hmm. scariest thing in the entire movie still oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, terrifying, especially now knowing like why she was like that. Yeah, it makes it even more sort of unsettling. But mm-hmm. um, you know, all these like little like you know, I, you know, trailers now are like they're just so like quick and like uh, you know, flash like scenes are sort of flashing and stuff. And it was so confusing. I just remember seeing the, especially the first trailer because you're just like, what is going on? Like I I don't know what this is, but it's. Man, it just like I, I the one thing that I like about it, and I've thought about this several times after seeing it. Well, and also another thing is it's a film that like you're gonna whether you hate it or like it, I would imagine. Uh it's a film that you're gonna continually like think about. Like, that was so weird. That was such an abstract, odd choice. That mm-hmm. you know, it's I mean, at least for me. But I like exactly what Woody said. It feels so isolated, like it feels you know, I mean, obviously, I guess it takes place in like the little amusement park area also. But like there's really only like two set pieces, you know, the farm mm-hmm. and then that place. But it does feel, you know, outside of that side story. Um, and what's the Asian actor's name? Oh, uh, Stephen Yoon. Yoon. Yeah, he was amazing. But outside of that story, the whole thing, you know, is very like like plot wise like it's very it's very simple at its core it's like you have these you know this family this brother and sister who recently lost their dad which that was amazing that whole yeah. scene yeah. and everything um and they're just like at this farm like trying to do like all the stuff setting up cameras like mm-hmm. you know and it like if if i just like told somebody about that i would imagine it would sound like almost like boring maybe mm-hmm. Uh, but man, it's not just because like the pacing and like the, it's just, it's so compelling. Like, you, yeah, at least for me, I mean, the girl yeah, behind dude. us clearly didn't. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's like expertly done. I thought like the mix of after these messages, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense, broad line. 
For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures from another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. How he uses, well, I'll just talk about the other scary part to me. Whenever you see he essentially in the, um, I guess the stables, the lights come on, or like one of the things that runs in there, mm-hmm. a machine or something, comes on mm-hmm. as well, as does the lights, okay, mm-hmm. or as do the lights. He goes to investigate it, you know, that's another cool thing about this character is that like, he's just not really like scared, right? Yeah, and, he's very sort of stoic yeah. and like And so he just goes out there by. and he sees the design, he's like, hmm, that's weird, turns it off, turns off the light. He gets kind of like... I don't know, just kind of close to the entrance and the lights come back on and he like kind of stops. He's like, hmm? Mm-hmm. And he like turns around and sort of where he's looking, it's kind of like a blurry sort of figure that you're like, what? You're As an audience member, you're kind of like trying to figure it out, like what the heck is that? You know? Oh, and you're, you're talking think, about yeah, dude, when... When there's like an alien oh, like crouched man. down. At first... It looked no, like a panda bear. Dude, I thought it was a panda bear too. Like a stuffed animal, which would also be freaky, you know? Well, then the dadgum thing stands up, and you're like, oh. And now I've got to say, I've seen this movie twice. Once with you guys opening night, Mm -hmm. and then I took my wife to see it as well. What did you think of this part? Oh, yeah, dude. Also terrifying. And to me, I knew what was going to happen, and I was still, like, like biting my fist, you know? Like, just so scary. And then another one kind of like pops out in the corner and they both turn their heads to the side. It's so freaking scary. Yeah. The way that he uses, and then and then it like pans to like the main character and he's like, nope. Nope. And so like <laughs> the way he uses comedy within this sort of scary moment. And that's the mm-hmm. thing about him too, man. I don't think you can classify his movies as like horror or thriller or yeah, sci-fi. It's like... It's all that he's just creating his own right genre. I mean, in, in a way, it's very much like I mean, maybe not as like you know stylistic, uh, like from the from the jump, but like it's kind of like when you you go to see like a Wes Anderson movie. It's like you're not really you, you know that like it's not really a comedy, it's not really a drama. It's just it's just a Wes Anderson movie and. I feel like this dude kind of has, no matter what the subject matter is, he kind of has that same, he's, or he's developing that same kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I mean, hats off to him too for being able to like consistently make something good. Now, I know I've read mm-hmm. some folks online. It seems like this, the opinion of this movie is very sort of polarizing. Yeah, man, it really is, which is kind of surprising to me, but I, I thought it was a 10 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. I mean, the fact that it was suspenseful as heck, it was mm-hmm. kind of scary, it was funny at times, the acting was outstanding. Again, I've seen people like, write reviews and they said it, it was terrible, the acting was awful. And it's like, what? Yeah. Really? And and, and even watching it for the second time, man, I, I, I really encourage you to do that, but like mm-hmm. others too, like I started to notice things that I didn't really notice 
before, like, that were just kind of, like, really awesome. Like, when he's just kind of, like, staring up at it at the very mm-hmm. end, and he's kind of just like, you know, like, I'm doing this. You know, that, like, Peel was able like, to capture on camera, on film, mm-hmm. a feeling that, like, I'm sure everybody listening has had that moment where you just have to kind of like, okay, man, this is it. I got to, I got to like put my boots on. I, I got to do this, you know? Yeah. Like, I know I'm scared, but I still have to kind of like be brave. And, and, yeah. you know, it just oozes off of the screen. And I just thought that was just so freaking awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and also like, I think, you know, just talking about like that particular scene, Again, it's like that it, it it goes like it's just so um, such a contrast uh, from like what we've kind of been conditioned to see, like seeing like this black dude, like total badass, like cowboy, mm-hmm. like and, you know, and then going back and like it, it sort of mirrors like the at the beginning of the movie when you see like his dad and it's like he's on the horse and he's like looking up, you know kind of into the sky it's like that very like Mm. sort of iconic kind of cowboy vibe but it's all like it's it's like black dudes which yeah it's just incredible to me it is and and i love i love too how uh daniel kaluuya Mm -hmm. wait is that how you say it man Uh, why does that sound wrong i don't know yeah i don't know um he he's amazing and he 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 always kind of plays that kind of like sort of flat, like quiet, mm-hmm. kind of sort of stoicism about him. But this movie is great because like the 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 rest of the cast like around him is very like his sister, mm-hmm. uh Kiki Palmer, she's yeah. like sort of wild and mm-hmm. like like you said, free spirited. And honestly, I, I love the like the character development because mm-hmm. I kind of hated her at first. Yeah, because again, man, it's like Dude, your dad just died. Mm-hmm. The brother's the one that's just like stuck with all the work. He's the one that's right. taking everything seriously. You come on set to this thing and you just kind of like screw it up. You're not there on mm-hmm. time. Yeah, exactly, dude. And I, again, I think that it just that goes back to the writing. You know, mm-hmm. the characters, man. It's like they're they're just they're just amazing, dude. And then again, mm-hmm. part of the reason, like because he's like so straight laced, that moment. Mm-hmm. That's what makes that moment when she's like, "Let's go, boy," and they're like, "Bam, bam, bam." Dude, that that's what makes that part almost like even better. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, right. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. And I gotta give huge props to Jordan Peele for, and I don't even know if you caught this, but uh, it's it's called the Akira slide or the Kaneda slide on the motorcycle. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's from a movie called Akira, famous, probably the most famous anime, anime movie. Yeah. From 1988, Katsuhiro Otomo. Um, amazing, really bizarre movie, but it's so stunning to look at. And, like, probably the most iconic part is, you know, he's on the motorcycle and he does that cool slide thing. And it shows her on the motorcycle with, like, police tape sort of wrapped around her doing the same slide. And it's amazing. I When I got home, I looked and apparently, like, I guess Jordan Peele had was originally there was a possibility that he was going to direct the Akira live action movie. Oh, wow. And I guess like maybe it fell through or something, but come to find out he is a massive like anime fan. Mm. Uh, And he said he went back and forth like on if he, if he was going to do it or not. And Mm. man, it was just, it was such a tip to the hat, you know, for the the folks that got it. Man, Uh, that's, that's a really cool sort of, 
I guess, reference or nod. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I actually heard him on a podcast recently too, and he was talking about anime. And part of the reason why he loves anime so much is like their world building, yeah, you know, and, and character development and stuff. And man, I mean, that's just, that's how he rolls too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. I think we need to start talking about how different or his approach to the UFO and how different it is to like sort of the typical. So let me say first that this is not a Mothman episode. We're, we're going to, we have another episode coming up where we're going to talk about more about this topic. And what I'm talking about is this, this idea and this, this uh, concept of like sky beast or sky jellies, Matman. I'm looking at you because I think what you and your buddy saw probably fall into this. But it's this idea that, you know, the UFOs aren't like what we've been taught there. They're not these like metallic, you know, crafts that the aliens ride in. But they're in fact like, you know, sort of uh, organic, bioorganic, like organisms sort of living, you know, up in the sky or whatever. Similar to like a jellyfish would live in in the water, mm-hmm. and a guy by the name of Trevor James Constable wrote a book called "The Cosmic Pulse of Life" years and years and years ago, and I have to say there is no doubt in my mind uh, that Jordan Peele either ran across this or had somebody that was in the writing had you know somebody that had read this book because but and the thing is that I can't find anywhere online yeah you know. But we're going to do an episode on that. But, you know, I just wanted to preface with that, that, like, there's, like, hardcore Trevor James Constable, sort of that, you know, sky beast mm-hmm. kind of concept with this movie. Well, and I think, like, truly, I think that is more than likely what is driving, in my opinion, and I, you know, I don't know if I can qualify this, really, this statement, but I feel like that's what may be driving a lot of the folks that didn't care for it yeah, towards, like, sort of not liking it because they may have never heard or thought of that concept before. And I get that because I would have been that person 10 years ago, too, essentially. But I think that being kind of what happens made me love it even more now. You know what I'm saying? Well, it is funny you say that because, like, and I'll admit, like when it when I first saw like what was sort of happening, you know, when when they when you first see like the the things being like sort of sucked up, and you see, oh wait a minute, this is like they're not being sucked up into a ship; they're being like kind of sucked up into like the mouth mm-hmm. of this like you know being this this like you know organic thing. I I gotta say, probably the probably for like a minute, I was sort of like. Uh, I don't know that I like that because, but then I, I guess my mind sort of started thinking in terms of, you know, like the Trevor James Constable stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of, th- this is like better now. And then as, as it unfolds, you start to see, you know, at first you, well, first we see like the cloud kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you see the quote unquote ship moving around Um which is just so dude. brilliant. And the done. photography, dude. Holy it's amazing. Smokes. When it just kind of like goes, whoo, like over yeah. the mountains and just like yeah. so quiet. See, so subtle. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, dude. Every, like, there's like the how it's super quiet 
unless at the very beginning of the movie, you just hear these like, what sounds like, is it screams? Is it just weird machinery? Yeah, right. And all these like little details are almost like taken straight from the pages of a bunch of these like sort of UFO accounts. And you're thinking like, oh, okay. And the fact that like, no matter what, he like, again, this is part of the reason why I love this movie so much because then it just makes, it's like, oh, Jordan Peele likes this stuff too. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's similar to how, uh, you know, we we learned, uh, you know, last week or, you know, we talked about that, like, Steven Spielberg admitting that he's been a huge fan of ufology for all these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, it, it's it's funny to to think that, like, anybody was surprised by that. And, and like, with Jordan Peele, it's like, I don't know why we would be surprised that he wouldn't be into all this stuff because it's like, I mean, hell, you're making a movie about mm-hmm. it, you know? So, Well, like, I guess what I mean is, like, it's one thing to be, like, into it. And then, like, I, th- I just feel like when you're starting to talk about it being, like, a living organism and stuff, that's just, like, next level into it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that goes beyond, like, you know, even, like, your... Um, not saying, like, communion is, like, surface level, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you type in like you know books on ET or UFO books or whatever, yeah, that's going to be like at the top of the list. It was just another way, in my opinion, that he just made it fresh and unique. You know, like it's just chock full of just fresh, man. And I keep on saying that word, like uh, that maybe that should be the title of uh, you know whatever. But like, uh, I don't know, man. I just loved it, dude. Yeah. No, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was... Mm. You know, not too long ago, I I sent you that thing where I was like, oh, he must have definitely been influenced by this because of the way that the kids were dressed in that old 80s found footage UFO movie. The McPherson tapes. McPherson tapes, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the costumes that they were wearing were just like these that, you know what I'm saying? They look extremely similar to to this. And like that that misdirect, dude. You know, like in the very beginning of this movie, that that scene that I described earlier where like there's this alien there, you're like, oh man, this is it. He's already seen him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was it was so like creepy. And it, it really did kind of feel like, you know, and I'll get a lot of hate for this, but M. Night Shyamalan, which mm-hmm. I think, I still think he's brilliant. I think like The Happening is maybe the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and he, he's had a lot of like bad movies, but I still think Sixth Sense signs the village i I think they're absolutely genius Mm -hmm. and and i feel like jordan peele captures a lot of like his just unique i don't know dude it's just the vibe like that that that, that fresh storytelling dude we've got people that are talking about like remaking this and remaking that i'm like dude tell a new story dude just be a good storyteller and that's what jordan peele is man he's an excellent storyteller dude and and he's bringing new faces Mm-hmm. Um, and new yeah. people to the screen and and showing us their amazing talents, dude. And like, yeah, my totally. gosh, dude, it's just so good, man. Yeah. Uh, I've also got to give a big praise to Michael Wincott, the guy who played like the sort of the auteur filmmaker. Oh, yeah. The Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Awesome. I met the crow. The, well, and the crow. Yeah, that's where I met that guy years and years ago when I lived in L.A. at a bar. And it was when he had like the long hair, mm-hmm. you know, just such a bad. And maybe, maybe the best. I mean, Will Arnett's close, but like this guy's just has that voice that's like, mm. 
it's amazing. Yeah, know? like you just like he's have been to smoking listen. since he was five years old. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, man. He's been in some um, great movies, dude. I mean, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. You mm-hmm. know, for a long time, I feel like he was that sort of typecast. You know, period piece type actor. Fourteen ninety two, mm-hmm. Three Musketeers. That oh, that's right. A yeah. bunch of that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, he's he's uh he's great. he was amazing. I I love how, and again, even the development with his character you kind of hated in the beginning too and then it's like you kind of get it like oh he's especially dude i'm telling you the second time you watch it things that he says about how like he's like you know that that dream you're chasing after the one where you get all this famous stuff it's the dream that you never wake up from kind of thing and it makes more sense towards the end of what happens to him and all that like how he's okay with it like Mm. going out doing the thing that he loved capturing the impossible shot you know one of the things, too, that you realize going back and watching it is, like, after that first sort of sequence where you see this, like, strange monkey murder, Jesus. the intro, like, you're, you're, the camera is going down the tunnel, essentially, of mm-hmm. the UFO stomach, you know, or whatever. Oh, right, right, yeah. And, you know, and it's just like, dude, yeah. Okay, another thing that I think people are going to have beef with, because I know you've talked about, you and I have talked about this, the way it looks like whenever it's like like huge and like full form. You mean you like know? when you see it like the outside, like the external of yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like doing this weird like zoom, zoom, zoom thing. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we've talked about this, but one of the, my sort of like take on that, I thought it was awesome be, because Amazing. like from a biological sort of standpoint, this, this creature, go. this animal mm-hmm. is posturing and it's like showing it's like, you know, it's attempting to be alpha, essentially, right? And right. It's like the same reason why like you'll making itself from, as big. Yeah, dude, from going to Yellowstone, right? You, you run into a yep. bear, you're supposed to like rear up now. The bear's going to, when you do that, the bear's going to laugh. You know, you're like, boy, <laughs> have you ever seen anything so so pale and skinny? But like, and, and of course the answer is no. And so he runs yeah. the other way. But either I way, it works. I heat though, so. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, you got like the, the four rocket bazooka from commando anyway. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Yes. No. I, and, and, and again, that's when it went from like, you know, so I mean, for the folks that haven't seen the movie, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but, but for, for like the first half, you know, anytime you see it, like Woody said, it's very, it's very like. Like quick, it looks like a silent. typical UFO too. Yeah, yeah, subtle, like metallic. You know, you're mm-hmm. like a f- literal flying saucer. To quote, you know, the guy who interviewed Kenneth Arnold. But like, um, I, to me, that was the switch when you start seeing it as like it almost looked. It kind of did remind me of like a jellyfish or like an octopus. It was very mm-hmm. sort of like flowy and almost and like ribbon. Almost. Ribbon. That's yeah. that's. That's the word I keep thinking. Honestly, the weirdest, here's the weirdest like sort of connection that I can make. For some odd reason, I all I, like when I first saw it and like all I could think of is, and this is a weird, a weird one, but like it, it reminded me of the movie The Cell. Do you remember when he, we've, he's like brought in the that dream. movie. I feel like you brought that movie up. Uh, on the show before, and I guess I, I forget. I don't remember oh, God. anything about well, it except for it was just so weird, man. And yeah, super weird. But there's a part where he, uh, you know, he's like in the dream world. They're like asleep. He has like the sharp teeth, and he's wearing like the weird like king mm. and yellow. I got to do all the it, yeah. 
doing like the pantomime stuff, but he has this thing where he, I guess he has like the ring, like the piercings on his back that are hooked to these like long, like sheets, like yeah. curtains almost yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I do remember seeing that. It kind of had that vibe to me for, for that's all I could think of. I just remember like, I, like in high, I think I watched that in the theaters in high I school. I think I like took a girl and I'm like, I mean. Dude, I was like. That movie made course, such an impact for me. Of I need course, to, you're I like, yeah, man, I need to be, I need to hang from rings. <laughs> Emo kid. Visually, though, dude, it's it was. Uh, I, I'm sure it still hands, uh, still hands up, still stands up. <laughs> but I stand behind it. God. No, but I, but to me, when you when you see it turning into that like more organic, like mm-hmm. uh, sort of stingray jellyfish thing. Mm. Again, I love that, you, dude. Matt Man. I love yeah. that, man. That's when it was like, oh, this is more like a sky beast, mm-hmm. sky jelly kind of thing. And, and it's like how it, it's like how something would react, you know? Yeah. I, it's either going to, like, it either feels threatened and it's kind of peacocking mm-hmm. or it's just, you know, trying to scare you. It's just, dude, it, it was so cool, man. And I mm-hmm. love, like, the whole, like, you know, you know, you can't, uh, you know, look at it in the eye and, you know, and yeah. then like how he like figures out that like, oh, okay, wait, this is an animal. Like I know animals, dude. And yeah. you know, like that, like, I don't know, it just gives me chills. Like that moment that you're like, oh, I was made for this. And this is yeah. the moment where like I can put it all together and, 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 you know, win, you know, yeah. and it's just, God, dude, it's so good. Well, and, you know, it's like from the beginning scene where, you know, he tells the guy that's getting too close to his horse on set. He's like, don't look it in the eye. Yeah. And so you see like, the, you know, as like a like a horse trainer and like a wrangler, it's like the, the this guy was like, that's that's how he was able to put all these like little pieces together of like, oh, we're not supposed to look at it. What I thought of is he's got to, even just that little aspect of the movie, he's got to have read some of the, the like accounts of like these orb sightings because mm. it's it's kind of hard and kind of like you know like um not at the top of the list but it's like that is one of the things it's like these things like know when you're looking at them even mm. from you know Stephen Greer when he talks about like you know using like infrared and like they you know they'll mm. go out and like look at UFOs and stuff it's like they're able to like read our thoughts and they're they they know like I mean like my orb thing it's like they there's something about these things that like they know when you're looking at them Mm. and i thought that was really like as soon as that sort of trope happened it was like man this dude Mm -hmm. this dude has gone has done some research yeah dude so and what a like to me again what a brave step because it's like yeah you can just make it a tip like let's just pretend for a second that it wasn't like the ufo wasn't a living creature Mm-hmm. Or as we would understand it, right? And let's right. just say it was a straight up just abduction movie that occurred in the same setting with the same people with the same characters. Still would have been a great movie, mm-hmm. but for him to take this step and to move in this direction with this film and stuff, I just think that's like pretty can, brave. Yeah, dude, it's it's brave. It's like you know that it's going to be like well. I don't know. But Some do, people are going to be like, man, what? I mean, if you think about like us and Get Out, I mean, this dude's been been brave from the the jump. Mm. I mean, she, he's 
like all of his movies have an mm-hmm. aspect of that, you know. Yep. And he's able to kind of like have a you know, he's able to present these stories and some underlying sort of like stuff within them without mm-hmm. it making it feel like oh that's what this movie's about. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant. Dude, you know what's uh, funny? Yeah. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the time here. Holy and and here's what's great. I look down at my notes, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've got pray and just like this mm-hmm. huge page of notes. And then I've got mm-hmm. nope and I've got one and it just says Skinwalker Ranch influence. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my notes are nope, Akira slide, pray, and then just left blank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that this movie is definitely one that like, well, I mean, boy, if there was ever a movie that I was so glad to see in IMAX, yeah, this sure. movie, man, it, it deserves mm-hmm. a huge screen, you know. I, yeah. I'm, some movies do and some movies don't, you know. Yeah, so, some movies are like, I, I guess our buddy Daniel that we went and saw the movie, uh, what's up, Daniel? He's a huge film buff, like probably – more of like your you know classic like cinephile like mm-hmm. he you know he's a cameraman he he's like that's what he does for his job and everything and so it was it was really great to see like him just like raving about it as mm-hmm. well because like you know for us i mean they they you know they got the check in our box just from being like having a ufo in your movie you know yeah, so, right right but i mean we do like i'm i'm super into the the cinematography aspect of oh yeah absolutely. you are too but yeah um and another thing that's interesting too man about this movie that i noticed the second time a lot of times and it's not a bad thing but we'll just use christopher nolan as an example like mm-hmm. his his soundtracks and stuff i think hans zimmerman or whatever hans zimmer yeah. hans zimmer like in his songs and stuff are very much a large part of the movie, right? You go back yeah, and watch this time. movie, dude. There are moments when it's just silent, dead silent. Yeah, and again, and, dude, and that I bravery, think, dude. He's letting it speak for itself, dude, and it's mm-hmm. done so well. And he's got so much confidence mm-hmm. that that adds just another layer of intrigue and like suspense and like yeah. pulls you in, dude. And then yeah. like his use of music later in certain, it's just everything's so perfect, dude. Oh, dude, what about the uh, the the sunglasses at night. Oh my gosh. But it's like, slow oh, it down. Has, it, it's like a dead battery, so it's yeah. like slow to half speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they have a mix of that now on Spotify. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad you, you brought that up because it really, it really plays up that sense of like solitude and isolation, especially I love like, even though it's silent, like there's, there's still like, these sort of crazy like sound design stuff, like, mm. like, you know, panning and stuff, like mm-hmm. feeling like it's way off. So there, there's one scene in particular that I'm talking about. It's like dead quiet for a long time. And, and in, he's in the dark and, you know, it really puts you in that place of like, Hey, I'm out in the middle of a barren, like a Valley, basically mm-hmm. uh, out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around. Uh, and he's looking and he, he sees like a light, like way off. And, you hear like, I guess you hear like the screams or whatever, mm. but you hear it like sort of echoing through yeah, like dude, the, through this, the canyon. Yeah, dude. Come on. It's it so was amazing. good, dude. Everyone yeah. that worked on that film, right? Absolutely. Like Jordan Peele himself, of course, but the people mm-hmm. that were like, the, the you know, 
um, I guess, what is it? The, uh, oh man, is it? Director DP? of photography. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. His DP, I think, was this Dutch guy. And mm-hmm. apparently, like, he's just incredible. Um, and everybody that worked on the sound, I mean, the, like, start to finish, dude, from the top of the list to the very, very last person who mm-hmm. ever worked on that movie, whatever they did, I don't care if you're just, like, holding the boom yeah. or, like, if you're the key grip or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you deserve an award, period. I mean, it yeah. was just so, so good. I and agree. we haven't even gotten into all the ins and outs about, like, why, what what, what was the deal with, and I always call him Glenn because, you know, we know him from The Walking Dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, why was he so, like, his sort of character evolution. That was kind of the cool thing you asked earlier. What did Anne think? Anne loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, she, I guess the things that she didn't really care for were more like, you know, the way it ends, like, and not really knowing, like, well, how did he get there? Or how did that happen? Or what happened later? And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, you, know. you got to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am yeah. glad we talked about it right after the movie. I'm glad it didn't end where we thought it was going to end. Yeah, bring yeah. that up. Get yeah. into that. Well, like the way it ends, the, the it pulls in a relatively tight shot, zooming in on the sister. She's just been through hell. Mm-hmm. She's escaped this thing. She took a picture of it, whatever. Which was Her so brother. cool. Oh, yeah. Being So, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I'm interrupting. Yeah. Uh, the that was part of the thing it's like you know as we know ufos like it it knocks out your electronics so she's in this like little like amusement park which is sort of like a almost like a tombstone style like like cowboy type thing and so they have there's like a like a fake like well and you pull this like you know you put a quarter in you pull the crank and it has a camera from down below that takes a picture, you know, making it look like, you know, with kids looking down into a well. And so, like, that's how they finally get the shot, which that was genius to yeah. me, mm-hmm. I thought. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, dude. So um, cool. yeah. And how they, like, again, watching it the second time, dude, they, they um, oh, God, what is it called, man? That way they foreshadow that moment early mm-hmm. on in the film, dude. It's yeah. so cool. And doesn't, doesn't she, didn't, like, when it first appears, doesn't she, like, ruin the kid's shot. Yeah, yeah, like, she doesn't know what it is. It looks like a wishing yeah. well. And she sees exactly. these kids like looking down into it and she's like, what are they doing? And she's like leaning to and then the thing flashes and she's like, oh man, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, she said, yeah. she's like, photobomb. <laughs> and, um, which is just like, like we said, just that's her character. Not like, oh. So you know, charming. Yeah, and like dude, so charming. She's just the best, dude. What was I going to say? Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you were talking about that about last him. scene. So, oh, the last scene, that's right. So the camera's like pulling in on her and you see this like look again for anybody that says the acting was terrible like this is one of the moments where like i don't know what you're talking about no she's got tears in her eyes she's got blood coming out of her nose you know Mm -hmm. she's dusty emotionally just spent and the camera's pulling in pulling it you see that she sees something Mm -hmm. and just before that shot they kind of show these like reporters have now pulled into this um uh, amusement park they're on the outside of it they're like hey can you kind of you know and at first, I mean, initially me, as it's pulling in, I'm like, is she, you don't know what she's looking at. You don't know if she's mm-hmm. kind of sort of just gone a little, you know, is she having a mental break and she's just like mm-hmm. looking at these reporters and just like, oh, this is my moment of fame. Finally, it's here kind of thing. Well, well and, and also I think we should say that like, you know, 
we knew that like before we're we're at this point, we knew that like her brother basically went to sacrifice himself. Yeah, like I'm gonna steer this. I got this. You go. I'll distract mm-hmm. it. Well, yep. So it kind of shows her, and that's the moment that we thought they were gonna do uh, like a pulp fiction on us. Like, yep. you know, credits were gonna roll, and we just weren't gonna know what it was that she was looking. Because it hangs on her for a long, yeah, for time. a long time, and it's like in a way, partially, I'd be. I'd be okay with that. I think that would still be it'd be a strong movie. It would have been cool. It would have that would have triggered conversations like, "Oh, I wonder what happened there." But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, man, like I gotta have some. I'm, is it my old age? I'm not sure. Same. I gotta have some resolve. Same. Here, and so dude. then, at the very last moment, dude, it pans to, in my opinion, one of the coolest shots yep. in a movie ever, mm-hmm. and it has to be a nod to some old western or something that that yep. Peel loves. Because it pans over and it's her brother and he's on the horse and he's like perfectly centered, you know, underneath this like arch. It's very um, heroic, very heroic like heroic and like cowboy is like hell. Alphonse Mucha with a circular sort of like was, composition around him. Yeah, dude, it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to be kind of like a film dork to really just like notice that kind of stuff. I think, but to me, I was just like oh, when it happened, yeah. and it's just like oh man, mm-hmm. and and that's what I meant by like. That was sort of the callback to to the little scene of his dad mm. well, being, and, sitting on the horse. And, and dude, off. here's something else that I noticed <clears throat> the second time. It's also a callback to his great grandfather, man, who was on the horse the first moving picture. It's like oh. they do that a couple times with different things uh, when he's when he's riding the horse, having the ship chase after him. There's also mm-hmm. this very wide shot. Of him essentially doing exactly what his great grandfather did. I mean, so they do. They kind of nod to that a couple of yeah. times, and it's just so freaking cool, dude. The, That's cool. The fact that they wrote in this like history, God, dude. It's just so. Per- I mean, if you can't tell, <laughs> we're we love the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, th- that's what I was going to say about Daniel. He's and again, I don't know all all this side of it. I don't know like what kind of cameras they use. But he said something like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we saw an IMAX because I guess the whole thing was maybe shot like in IMAX, for mm. IMAX. Yeah. Uh, so you get these just massively wide shots that are just like, it's just stunning. Like mm-hmm. the cinematography was amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess that's about it for Nope. I mean, you got anything else? Well, I mean, I was going to kind of say like diving into more of like why um, Glenn was sort of like bringing people to his facility to feed this thing. I mean, Ann and I both kind of had a bunch yeah, of what, those kind of questions. What was, did you pick so up anything else on Some that? of the things that I picked up, but also, you know, admittedly kind of ended up kind of reading about other people's theories about this too. I feel like this guy, and I, I really did on my own kind of come up with this conclusion the second time watching it. Mm-hmm. He sees all these people get killed as a young person. Right. And or, you know, maimed. And he's like horrific. Yeah, horrific. Right. And then he's spared. Yeah. I got, to me, it's like a combo of a couple of things. Was he kind of like, well, because the first time watching it, I didn't really get this part either. So how long has this UFO been there? Has it been there forever? And it's just kind of like, when you watch it the second time, you hear the dad say something no, or maybe you hear him say something about like six months, right? And so it's been there for about like half a year. And he oh, tells weird. this story to the the final time when you see him like have an audience there and, and all this kind of stuff. 
he tells the story of the first appearance or whatever, that he sees it and it took a horse. So he knew, like, essentially, here's what he's doing. He was a child actor, mm-hmm. hasn't done anything since, only known for this, basically, or mo- mm-hmm. I'll say mostly known for this. Right. He knows he's been spared before. He thinks, I can train, the, or I can, like, this can be my, my next sort of piece of fame. I can this sort thing, of this thing trusts this me. Thing. The monkey trusted me. Right. Right. Oh, that. That's you know what point. I'm saying? So he's like, I, I feel like, you know, there's something special about me. I can make this happen. This is my moment, kind of thing. I can be spared if I like supply this thing with like, yeah, food. with food and stuff, and then I can make it like a, a spectacle of sorts that Man. is showbiz. Welcome to showbiz. Think about kids, that, You know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things too that Anne wondered that I had read and. You know, this is one of those moments that I don't really know. Because my question was like, well, why didn't it like kind of take him before mm-hmm. and not the crowd? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, there's this scene where he's like, he's, this time he's actually like looking up. And I think it's because previously, actually, I just figured it out. Previously, it happened at nighttime. Because mm-hmm. if you remember... It's kind of like, oh, he's like, oh, they're starting early. Um, okay, yeah. well, we're just going to go for it. Well, he'd never really like seen it, seen it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the thing mm-hmm. didn't know if, because it's dark outside, my assumption is it doesn't know if it's looking at him or not, but the people certainly are, right? Yeah, but but I think that happened, surely that they that happened at night, though, where the they could tell if they were looking at it. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Anyway, not. it's just like maybe something that right. I read, and I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't really know. It, that part doesn't make sense to me. Like, why did it just? Why did he die that time and not before? I'm not. I'm not mm. sure. But it's interesting. Yeah. That whole that whole dynamic was very strange and, and interesting too. But there's just so yeah. many elements to it, man. That uh, you know, I, I just think you know, if people will give it a chance, man. I think even if you're not into UFOs, not being you know, um, what do you always say? Nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And you're not like open to the idea of it being something else like this. It's still a cool movie, dude. It's on mm-hmm. the edge of your seat. I thought it was oh, awesome. Yeah. That, you know, everything about it. Yeah, I was kind of blown away that, so uh, Woody, uh, our friend Daniel and myself saw it together and there was another dude that was to on the other side of me that I guess was friends with Daniel or they worked together. And like this whole time, like we didn't know, but like, I guess his sister was like behind us. And the second the movie ends, um, she like stands up and is like, I don't know what any of that was about. That was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And I was just sort of like, huh? Yeah. Like, wh- what did you just see? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I don't, you know, maybe maybe some of our like interest like made us want to mm-hmm. like it more yeah but i don't know i yeah i mean I, maybe, I would say that but like i've literally never talked about the concept of like sky beast or sky whales or sky jellies or anything like mm-hmm. that with ann before and she you know she dug it now that said again she's a huge fan of jordan peele stuff too mm-hmm. so i don't know man i mean like i was talking to our buddies over at sozo bear F- films mm-hmm. and again they're like us in, in a lot of ways in that like cinematography cinematography and like movies in general like they're mm-hmm. gonna deconstruct it and just talk about what was awesome luke oh, yeah. and brad loved it yeah. ellis hated it and see that's 
that's the thing because he's younger, and then the girl that was behind us was like a good bit mm-hmm. younger. So maybe grow up, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kind of kidded with them, uh, all three of them basically saying that, like, I would have, I thought we should maybe have them on to talk about the film. But, you know, uh, Luke was like, well, cool. we got to have somebody else that doesn't like it so Ellis doesn't feel beat up on. So sorry that you're not here to defend yourself, Ellis, but come <laughs> on, man. Grow up, pal. Read a book. <laughs> oh. No, I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, yeah. I, I feel like it would be. Well, like I said, man, the enjoyable. only thing that makes sense to me is that it's such a quote-unquote far-out-there concept or not mainstream concept about mm-hmm. UFOs in general that yeah. every, that if you're not accustomed to that or have never even heard of it, that you might just be like, what in the heck? Yeah. So, so yeah. it's a, what, what do you, hey, what are you telling me? It's like a, it's a <laughs> bunch of, like, it's a floating materials? Well, my, I, I think the reason, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, initially had that sort of visceral reaction of like, I don't really like this. And that's I, crazy I, to me, man. I had well, the exact opposite. Well, the reason why is because, like, and I didn't realize it at first, but, like, in thinking back, now I know why. It's because I knew at that moment that, like, all the possibilities of of seeing, like, actual, like, grays and stuff, mm, like mm-hmm. aliens walking around, like, that was off the table. You and know I think funny, man? I was bummed out a little by that. I sometimes get, like, very nervous, and I'm generally disappointed by that reveal in most movies like mm. this is what the alien looks like and i'm like mm, too much well CGI. now that you're saying that i mean again it's a it's like a m night Shyamalan kind of thing where it's like a play on like the old sort of hitchcock where it's mm. like show less and it lets you know it lets the viewers like brain sort of fill in those gaps mm-hmm. and it, and it's scarier well and it's kind of like i mean i that's i think we talked about this yeah, when we talked about Spielberg or whatever, thir- uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you don't really mm-hmm. actually see the alien right? until right. like a little bit later. I think there's some like, I have, or I had, like the director's cut, and I think there's more scenes with them in there, but I don't know. I like that like mystery, but then always, yeah. dude, when they finally show them, it's kind of like, mm. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Although, actually with this movie, it's sort of the opposite. Like I'm, I'm so glad that, you finally started to see it like yeah. in that sort of ribbon form mm-hmm. because I feel like it wouldn't have been nearly as like, you know, like I said, that's when my mind like shifted to like, oh, this is like a like Sky Beast type thing. It's like, no, I wonder when it happened when he was like, well, I like that it has different forms, mm-hmm. you know, like people see it mostly. And that's another kind of cool thing to like wrap your mind around. It's like if if that is what UFOs mm-hmm. look like. Or, or are, I should say, you know, well, why do people mostly see them as like in the saucer form? Well, that's because that sucker's about to eat something. Mm. And, and you're a person and you're near it and you're like, ooh, yeah. Well, and so I've only seen the movie once and you seeing it twice, like, was, the, I can't totally remember, like, what was the sort of shift between like it going from, being like the your typical metallic craft to like that yeah it was kind of like you know they were messing with it (laughs) you know like they're trying to get the perfect shot Mm -hmm. you know they've got like the cameras that are um all uh analog and they've got film in there Mm -hmm. uh you know to avoid the uh the um what is it eap or the um yeah like the uh electronic 
electronic failures, basically. Right. And, you know, they, they've just kind of messed with it a bunch. I feel like mm-hmm. this thing was agitated. It knew that, like, you know, uh, these things are just kind of like toying with it in some way. It was mm-hmm. pissed. And so that's well, when, when it, it first sort of, took, like, the, the kite. There it had like mm-hmm. the thing, the yeah. little tail hanging from it. Mm-hmm. She she said she makes like a comment like, "Well, it'll never eat those again," or something. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why at the very end too, he's like, he it's it, oh man again, dude. There's this scene, dude, where this thing is like coming in, like the UFO like banks kind of sideways, mm-hmm. and like how small he is in comparison to that UFO, and he's like oh, right yeah. beside it. Good lord! So he's like yeah. trying to get this thing to chase it. Yeah. Well, then the, the way that he figured that, oh, it's not going to eat me after a certain point is he drops this like parachute that's attached to a bunch of flags. And then it just oh, kind of right. like whoosh, takes off because it remembers, oh, the flags kind of choked me up a little bit. Yeah, right. It's like onions for you. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Hey, speaking of onions, and this is way off topic, but I've got to say, man, I finally finished. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil this for people who haven't seen it, but the show The Bear mm-hmm. on Hulu. I'm so glad you watched it, dude. In my top three favorite shows of all time. All time, time dude. Of all time. I got to say, Incredible. it's rare that I say this, but is it, I guess? I don't know. It's just one of the most perfectly done shows. Yeah. The soundtrack is very smart. The mm-hmm. acting is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, let well, me the ask soundtrack you this, would all be... of the other people, besides like, you know, like three real sort of main characters, cousin, mm-hmm. the main dude... And uh, the the sous chef, yep. Everyone else in the restaurant, did it feel like they were actors or like people that no. worked in the restaurant? Dude, it's so real, dude. Right. Oh, so good. Yes. Yeah, what's so the dude? Good. What's the what's the uh, kind of like the slob guy's name? Um, what do they call him? Like, oh, uh, like Fack. Yeah, or, or like yeah, yeah or Fack. Fack, or Fack I think. Yeah. Oh, amazing, dude. Yeah, dude, that show is so good. Um, it's on Hulu. We're not sponsored by that show in any way. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, watch that show. The only yeah. thing bad about it, I'd, I'd say in terms of like what might turn people off, like there's plenty of like bad language. A lot of Outside it. that though, there's no nudity. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, suggestive themes. There's no, you know, whatever. Uh, some like mm-hmm. talk of like, Drugs, I guess. Maybe. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah. Mention um, of drugs, I guess, but yeah. like it is outstanding, and I promise yeah. you, you're not going to be sorry. It's it's like eight thirty minute episodes. The only downside about the show is that it's mm-hmm. only eight episodes, and that's it. Yeah, one hundred percent. We, however, are not on this episode to talk about the bear. I just had to get it out there. Yeah, but, but next up, we're going to be talking about prey. Whew, man. <laughs> We will return after these messages. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. All 
All right, dude. I've been so freaking excited about yep. talking about this movie, Prey. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even really wait that long. But, I mean, it is... Well, okay, look. I have been a Predator fan mm-hmm. since we were kids. You know, it's one of those movies that you can add to the list of movies that I saw way too young. <laughs> it was far too violent. There are moments in yeah. the first one that just, like, scars just about everybody I talk to. And specifically, mm-hmm. I'm talking about in the first movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and everything, when the Predator, like, rips the dude's spine out and his head's going oh, yeah. and she's, like, dangling on the end of the Classic. Classic, right? Yeah. The movie is, and I've gone back and I've rewatched them. It's classic. And if I get the question, how does it hold up? Again, that's hard to uh, qualify because, I mean, there's a there's that moment that I think I put on our Instagram where he's like, hey, you son of a gun. And then you just like, they just like clasp hands and just flex muscles. <laughs> and it's just like, that's it. That's the shot, right? Yeah. So you're coming from like that to... Finally, now they've made you know. I never really watched the Alien versus Predator movies. I, I like both those franchises. Them. I've just not watched them. I need to. My son's always I, talking I, I about. Have, but I just I remember there was like nothing that um, nothing that was memorable enough for me to remember. Yes, yeah, like Jason X or whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. Or Jason versus Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and 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 like the the um, what's his name, Adrian Brody. I, see, I didn't see that one. That one's kind of cool. Again, it was just cool because I think he's awesome and yeah, it's he's Predator stuff. It's like Predator, other than Alien vs. Predator, if a Predator movie comes out or a King Kong movie comes out or a mm-hmm. Godzilla movie or Terminator, we're gonna, I'm going to see it. You know, yeah, right. That's a franchise that I just got to give it a chance no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and let me say this too. I, I think um, this is sort of a franchise that, you know, like aliens like nightmare on elm street is these franchises that started out in the 80s where mm-hmm. the majority of everything was practical effects and it looked you know beautiful in that low res sort of glow of the 80s you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. For, especially on like vhs and you know bad old tvs and bad vcrs and mm-hmm. stuff it's like it really worked but it's like the, they those franchises lasted so long and they had so many sort of sequels that, you know, once you got into like the 90s where it's like the early days of like CGI, it just a lot, you really like, it was really unfortunate. So I kind of do feel like, I feel like now is a good time to like, like sort of pick up mm-hmm. where like some of those franchises left off because we yeah. do have like the technology now to, to make, make it look stuff more real and then also yeah. like people are just better at practical effects now. Right. Right. Well, and also you have uh all you have all those kids that grew up and they have that affinity and that nostalgia mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. those properties that they're going to like take care of those things right. and like you know, it's not just like Yeah, they're going to have respect when they're Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, something which real- so this movie was perfect <laughs> a perfect example. <laughs> This movie was a perfect example of that. Yeah, I think we got that. You didn't have to say it. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Window areas. (laughs) What's interesting about this movie to me is that even if it wasn't a Predator movie, I would have come out thinking that was one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Like the story, first off too, I cannot believe that they they hadn't done this yet. Mm -hmm. Because like, 
I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it kind of combines the things that we love. Like, I love Native American uh, history and lore oh. and culture. Mm-hmm. And then that mashup with the Predator and, like... Amazing. Dude, one of the first scenes, dude, when she's out hunting and she sees the ship kind of coming through the clouds. Awesome. And then she goes back and tells her brother, like, look, I think I think it's, you know, I, because, like in their in their culture there's that moment where they kind of like prove to the tribe that they are just a bad a hunter mm-hmm. and you know they go out on their own essentially and and kill like a predator mm-hmm. not the the alien the but like predator. like yeah like a you know like a mountain like, lion like or a bear an apex or whatever predator. yeah an apex predator exactly yeah and she's like, I th- you know, I think the exact quote was, um, she's like, uh, hold on, I wrote it down because it's so cool. She's like, this morning in the sky, I saw a sign, the Thunderbird. Dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Also hardcore synchronicity because yeah. we're also doing an episode on the Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. But like, this implies a couple things to me. Number one, Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. Or number two, that's the way they could explain seeing these oh. ships flying around. And it tells me that this isn't the first time they've seen them as oh, a culture yeah, or as cool. humans, right? And so, like, they're used to them. And there's even a part in the movie where later on she says, oh, I think I saw, and, you know, insert Comanche word here. I don't, I don't remember it. And the guy's like, oh, okay, so you saw something from, like, a, an old kid, like a little kid's story, like a, like a scary like, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, that implies like these things have been around a while. These mm-hmm. people have, you know, confronted them before. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into later, like some of the sort of like nods and connections between this movie and the original that are just mm-hmm. like, oh, man, so freaking cool. I, I'm really glad you brought that up because it, to me, I, I I kind of thought that as well, but uh, it, to me, it's like a sort of a similar trope with, um, you know, how like in the Bible, you look at like Revelation and it talks about like on the end time, there's there's these like giant wasps or locusts. And it's like, you know, you sort of insert that into the modern age and it's like, oh, well, that's helicopter. like a helicopter mm-hmm. or like an aircraft. And it's kind of like, I think that's cool that they sort of, uh, sort of they sort of did that. that. Yeah. With this, yeah, but I didn't even think about th- them saying like Thunderbird, like it was a like fairly not common occurrence, but like something that ha- they had seen before. Yeah, it made it into their zeitgeist, right? You know, that's really cool. Now, a couple of things that I've seen online in terms of like complaints, and it's something that you notice kind of out of the gate when you first finally see um, the Predator, is that it looks a little bit different. I think it's awesome. Yeah, dude. I thought the design was amazing. And so Mm -hmm. the director, um, a guy named Dan, and I'm going to... Trachtenberg. If if anything, I'm famous for just mispronouncing names in places. Yeah, Trachtenberg Mm -hmm. said that in comparison to the original films and the previous versions, he wanted something that was a little bit leaner, more like, um, you know, lean and mean, Mm -hmm. less sort of like bulky big kind of thing you know mm-hmm. um and if you go back and you watch the original ones it's like yeah dude they've got these like huge big old heads and bulkier bodies and kind of looks kind of like a like a bobblehead a little bit um mm-hmm. and well especially those old helmets like the mm-hmm. metal 
giant. And he also kind of said that, like, just like humans, and in this case, Native Americans, there were, um, you know, different races and tribes of mm-hmm. the predator. And actually, yeah. I just found the word, it's like a yayucha or something like that. Yayucha mm-hmm. is what the, uh, the predator species is called by the Native Americans, I think. Oh. Yeah, I know that there's like a comic series where, well, and this is, I think it's tied to like, was it the second one where he's given like the, the like pirate gun? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the pirate Let's pistol? get there. Let's wait. Okay. Because okay. I mean, I mean, unless you have, do you have like the info about who it was and stuff? No, but oh, I was dude, just going to say I that. Found there, that it, dude, it's incredible. Oh, awesome. Just I, no, I was just going to say that, that. Because uh, you had said that, like, they've never done that before. And as far as I can see, I do remember there was a, like, a little comic miniseries, I think by Dark Horse, mm-hmm. where um, it was, like, Predator came down and it was, like, a bunch of, like, pirates. Mm. And so I think that's where that gun comes in. But go. Man. Oh, um, you know, another thing that's kind of different about um, – this predator is like the mask, you know, like mm. usually we're used to it, like being more like metallic and more mm-hmm. sophisticated and stuff. Well, in this one, it's more of like a, it's like a skull and, and like you even yeah. get to see, you know, I loved the, this, there's a scene where it like kills this wolf and it just like, it's, it's, you never see it like eating these things. It's literally mm. killing for sport. Yeah. And it like melts down its face to like just be a skull and it just like attaches the skull to like its belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To me, like the 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 mask almost looked like, it almost looked like like a turtle shell or like, I mean, bleached out, of course, but like mm-hmm. it almost looked like like multiple sort of like bones or like pieces from other things sort of fused into one yeah. thing. Yeah, I think too. Like it was a it was a deliberate decision by the director. He said that like you know in like Predator Two, I remember there's like this huge again because I just watched it huge like sort of wall display of all the creatures that it had mm-hmm. killed, kind of like trophies. In yep. yep. this one, he wanted to kind of like almost like Native Americans would at at times sort of like use some of those yeah. things as as like a decorative sort of mm-hmm. uh, piece of clothing. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, that talking about skinwalkers. Like they would have like the coyote skulls, you know. What do you mean? On top of their head, kind of like hats, almost kind of oh, deal. Man, yeah. Does it is it said anywhere like what the mask is like from? Like, no. is it one animal? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I didn't okay. find that. Another callback line, really, from the movie is that there's like this scene where Naru, who is the main girl, and by the way, I mean, oh, such a freaking bad a man. This young yeah. lady is incredible she was not only just a great actor mm-hmm. but like dude she's just so freaking bad to the bone and well, like tell tell them that her real name her real name is amber mid thunder and like her the guy that plays I her mean, brother uh his name is dakota beavers not as cool but but still no but i mean like th- these I'm kids kidding. like one of the things that i thought was just so like real and authentic mm-hmm. is like all of these young Native American actors, man, mm-hmm. who are just so freaking bad at the bone. And it's just cool to me. Like, I hope, even though they're just like, you know, actors, but I hope that they em- are embracing their Native American heritage as much as mm-hmm. it seems like they would 
to know all this kind of stuff. And right. I mean, like, oh, it's just so cool. But anyway, the older brother. Um, well, real quick, though, before you move on, did you want to tell him about the, do you know about the whole Comanche cut? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, right now on Hulu, this is so cool to me. Mm-hmm. They have a full Comanche overdub version mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. So whenever I, like, saw that, the first thing I think of is, like, dude, can you imagine being a kid on a Well, no, no, no. I don't think it's an overdub. I think it's literally shot. No, no, no. I think it's dubbed. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah just, it's, I think it just says Comanche dub. Hmm. I mean, you can look that up while I'm talking, but like, can you imagine being a kid like on a reservation and everybody just like gathers around and they're like, all right, you know, like, let's watch this. And it's in your like old school native tongue. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. It's, oh, it's just amazing, dude. It's just amazing. All right, let me talk about this kind of callback. For those of you that haven't watched the original Predator in a long time, Tyler's probably mm-hmm. one of them, although... You can also watch it on Hulu. So if you have Hulu and you're going to watch this movie, go ahead and watch the first one. Oh, uh, real quick. The producer of the movie is Jane Myers, who is an enrolled member of the Comanche Nation. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. It is really cool. Yeah. Initially, Nauru kind of doesn't really know what what it is. Um, and her older brother, and she's like kind of talking about how she doesn't know like how it can be killed or doesn't think that it can be killed. Mm-hmm. And her brother responds in the same way, basically, that Arnold Schwarzenegger did a hundred years later, a couple hundred years later. And he says, if it bleeds, we can kill right. it. Right. Right. And love, so, man, like, I love that. When I like, that was one of those moments when I'm like, yes. Another cool thing about it being the Comanche nation that's involved. So, the characters in the film come are in the Comanche tribe. Mm-hmm. In the original film, you guys will remember one of my favorite characters ever, who's oh, yeah. Billy. Mm-hmm. And he's a Native American in in the movie that was descended from the Comanche. Mm-hmm. So again, this goes back to that idea that, you know, these people had been sort of or had interacted with this creature before and that stories of them had been passed down for generations. And again, it connects to that original movie, which I just think is just such a cool That is really thing. cool. And if you watch yeah. the end credits, there's like these animated drawings that show more of these ships kind of approaching the tribe and stuff, kind of mm-hmm. showing you the storytelling of the Comanches over time. Man, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, dude. I'm not like, you know, super up on this, but I wonder if... Uh, if there's some sort of like folklore or like oral traditions in the Comanche tribes that are similar to like, uh, like mm. say like the Hopi Indians where mm-hmm. they would talk about like these ant people that would come down and they, they gave them like knowledge of certain things and, and like taught them things. Like I wonder if in the Comanche tribe there's that aspect that is like sort of likened to, you know, what may be the predator, mm. you know, yeah. or these aliens coming down. Yeah, man, I don't know. We, I mean, we have to look into that. Yeah. Because I bet there is. Oh, yeah, for sure. So this is something cool, too, that I found. So the director was talking about how when he was, lo- when he was young, he kind of talked about, like, where the idea for the movie came from. When he was young, he wasn't allowed. It's like, this is what's going to happen to Woodrow. He wasn't allowed to watch the original movie because <laughs> his parents thought it was too violent for him. So when which all of the kids in his class were talking about it, which is kind of what's yeah. happening with Woodrow... They explain this scene where Billy 
the Native American in the first movie. He steps mm-hmm. out to battle the Predator. He's basically self-sacrificing, essentially, so that Arnold Schwarzenegger and this lady that I don't even remember. <laughs> I just watched it, and I don't even remember how she came about. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, put a you know attractive lady yeah. in the jungle, too. It's um, the 80s. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? At some point, they're going to bust through a wall. Nudity. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <laughs> They're like escaping. It's that famous scene, the get to the chopper. Well, right, right before that, Billy, you know, takes his knife and he like cuts his chest to essentially thinking like the scent of his blood would bring right. the creature, right? Yep. And the kids told the director, Dan uh, Trachtenberg, is that right? I think Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg. Um, yeah. That. He, they talk about that scene and then they're like, oh yeah, and then there's this like crazy battle in front of a waterfall. And so Dan was like super pumped to see this. Well, obviously when he finally was able to see the film, he saw that that's not how the scene goes. Basically Billy mm. cuts his chest and as he's ready to battle the predator, the camera cuts away and you just hear Billy scream. So Trachtenberg oh, right. had this idea of setting this film in the past and having these members of the Comanche tribe face off against the predator um essentially wanting to see this battle and if you remember too there's like a really cool like um like just visually man you can see that that is really what kind of drove him to to kind of see this Mm -hmm. i mean to kind of that's amazing make this yeah dude incredible dude it's so cool i love that so maybe it's a good idea that i don't let woodrow see the the movie yeah and then he can kind of create the the movie that he wanted to see in the first place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right Last sort of connection here. Okay. You talked about it already, but I stopped you. This is kind of the biggest Easter egg. So in Predator 2, like you talked about, Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. Glover? Danny Glover. I rece- think it's pronounced Glover. <laughs> anyway, he receives this, uh, you know, flintlock pistol mm-hmm. and looks at it and stuff and whatever. After, you know, even as I was watching this, I didn't even connect it yet. The one of the fur trappers kind of gives Naru this gun mm-hmm. and kind of like is trying to teach her how to use it uh, mm-hmm. so that she can now save his, even though he's the one that like helped abduct her. Right. Anyways, mm-hmm. she's trying to use it. And I thought this part was so freaking cool too. She tries to use it and it doesn't work. And she's mm-hmm. like, screw this, you know, kind of thing. She yeah. keeps it, but she's just like, I'm just going to trust what I know. Yeah. And, Basically, you know, everybody, you know, yada, yada, yada. The, um, I think um, the movie ends or whatever. When you look at the pi- the pistol at the end of the film, at some point you see that it says Raphael Adelini, 1715. And wow. at the very end of the movie, she gives the pistol to the elder in her tribe. Well, this, folks, is, is it the pistol that Danny oh. Glover gets dude so that means clearly full circle dude there was a nut yeah so those ships arriving mm-hmm. totally marked like man yeah. that's amazing is it ta- it's it's supposed to take place in what 17 yeah 19? 17 something yeah god that's amazing that's incredible yeah 1719 yeah i totally almost gave it away up top yeah i know because yeah, i didn't yeah, know that yeah, it was yeah. like a yeah i know you don't know pistol. but you do spill it you do spoil <laughs> Now, listen, real quick, too. Spoiled. I'm going to talk about my third favorite character. So first, on the top of the list, Naru. She's mm-hmm. 
so amazing. You know, like I almost just like woke my young daughter up in the middle of the night and just be like, come watch this movie with me. Dude, I... You know what well, I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Dude, when I when the movie was done, when I first watched it, uh, I immediately, because I'm, I'm a girl dad. I have two daughters, four mm-hmm. and seven, uh, and a wife, so there's a lot of estrogen in this house. Mm-hmm. I immediately was like, God, how can I figure out a way to yeah. let my daughter see this? But I mean, there's no way. Yeah, but, no, 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 for it, sure. Like, that's how you do girl power. Yeah, ex- dude, 100%. And Amazing. like, it's, it's funny too, man, because like, you know, I'm a, a boy dad and, and a girl dad and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very lucky in that way. And mm-hmm. it's funny how, like, there's clear differences between the two and stuff. But it's like I still want them both to see, like, just how bad it was. And, and mm-hmm. like, my daughter specifically too, man, you know, she's, like, a little shorter than people in her class. Mm-hmm. She has an older brother. She sees him doing, you know, bigger things. Mm-hmm. And there are times when she's like, I don't, you know, well someone said this and they said I was like too short and like I've had the talks with like don't you ever let anybody tell you can't do something and if they do mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is prove them wrong now I'm not talking about when your mom and, and I say mom. don't do that right <laughs> I'm talking about you know if someone says oh you're too short to do that or oh, you're a girl you're not strong enough I'm like nope prove them wrong mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. movie man like <sighs> it's just so good it's so perfectly done okay so she's my favorite Mm-hmm. Second favorite is her brother. What an amazing dude. Yeah. Just the the his sort of like ending scene, just so bad A, man. Yeah. And um, and then like that whole line that they said, like, this is as far as you go, this is it for you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's when he's like that's what he told her to kind of like when you're facing like the beast, whatever it is, at that right. point in the movie, he wasn't talking about this alien. Mm-hmm. But like it's just so cool. Well, my third favorite character, man. Was the dog? And I'm I was not even about kidding. to say, if if you don't bring up that little dingo, dude, talk about what? Like, there's so many moments that like I had such anxiety mm-hmm. because like the dog, yeah, well, like same. and watching the dog. Like, there's a scene where like the bear comes after her and the dog like lures the bear away, dude. Yeah, and I remember yeah. like I paused the movie and I was just like, that's like one of the sweetest things I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Which is probably what would happen. Oh yeah, man. Especially yeah. if like. This is a dog that's like trained alongside mm-hmm. this girl yeah. and is like a hunting companion. Mm-hmm. You know? Speaking oh, I'm of. I'm so glad. I'm going to spoil it for everybody. The dog lives. <laughs> yeah. Thank exactly. God, man. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that was like, that used to be a real common trope for the dog to just, you mm-hmm. know, get thrown it, against but, a tree and it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, just like you, I was so glad that he made it out. One thing that I gotta say that was that I didn't love mm-hmm. is was the CGI for the bear. Really? I yeah. There's there a was couple. moments. Yeah, there were a couple moments where when, now when it's busted into that, like Beaver Dam or whatever that is. Yeah, that's just cool. like its mouth is in there. That part was cool. I mm-hmm. love whenever it gets drug away. You see this part in the trailer. But there's there's, some there's another CGR. I'm so glad you mentioned a, a, a complaint here. There's one other CGI moment that I was like, mm. Which when one? the Predator gets dropped off in the very beginning by the ship and it shows the ship like fly away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they should have kept it in the clouds, dude. It looked yeah, so it's, much cooler. It's, just, it's it almost like like they, which they probably did. I mean, this is how a lot of studios work. Like they'll sort of farm out mm-hmm. like 
you know, you watch like a Marvel movie and it'll be like, oh, this one scene, because these movies are Massive. such high, high budget and mm-hmm. so much is going on. They'll farm out like an entire uh, like CGI design studio to do like one scene. Yeah. And so well, that's I mean, why a lot time of time saving maneuver too, man. You yeah. Know? Right. And yeah. so it feels like with this, like, I mean, you look at it, the cinematography is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, the Atreyu swamp part is amazing. Oh, my God. Again, dude, thank you yeah. for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, dude. Yeah. You know, when we were growing up in the 80s, everybody listening to this, you'll know exactly what I mean. I was led to believe that in like a one-mile radius, chances are there's going to be some quicksand. Mm-hmm. What happened? You oh, know, like, yeah. what, why? First off, why? What was it the never ending story? Like, but why were my parents telling me that? I'm not kidding, dude. I was led to believe that there's quicksand freaking everywhere. It's gonna swallow you up. You have to you have to know how to get out of it. Yeah, it was such a big trope in the eighties for some reason. But when she's in there, man, and it's like, oh god. That guy, you can tell, man, he remembers the anxiety we had as kids mm-hmm. when a tree he was trying to pull that dadgum horse out. Artax. Oh, oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> But yeah, no, what I was going to say is like, it's, it's so stunning, like all these other scenes and like, just like the, like all the action scenes, like in their surroundings of like the wood where, you know, the, especially like the Comanches are just like, like the Lord of their realms in those, mm. in those environments. Like that's yeah, where they dude. live. That's where they fight. Mm-hmm. And it was just really awesome to see, but like the actual sort of over the top, like real sort of CGI mm. Parts like there was a lot of stuff that just didn't didn't yeah. hold up. Yeah. Another thing, dude, that I loved about this movie that that spirit, dude, that drive when there's that turn when the hunted are like, no, 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 hold on a second, man. And it happens in Apocalyptica too, where there's that decision that that is made where it's like, this is my, hey, man, this is my house. You know, this like, is our time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Our time down here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm. Wait a minute. This is like I'm an expert at this. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna just like you know uh, lay down and let this happen. I'm going like now. It's my turn. And right. like I love that dude. It was just mm-hmm. so freaking cool. And another thing, little detail that I just thought was amazing. I mean, little but also significant. How the medicinal plant that they used mm. for healing mm-hmm. lowered the body temperature. Right. And that's how she was able to kind of like be invisible. You know, in the first one, everybody knows the famous scene. And that's kind of what oh. I thought was happening with the kind of mud pit. I did too. Thing. Yeah. I thought that too. was like, oh, okay. And I think that was smartly done. I think that was, I think was that like was intentional. Right, right. Yeah. For you to think I like, think oh, so okay, too. cool. Later on, we're going to see this and she's going to cover herself in mud. Mm-hmm. But, um, I just thought it was it was just so neat, man. It was just I, I loved that. I loved that she kind of was getting taught. And there's this scene with like her mom where she's kind of like getting taught like the the quote unquote girl stuff mm-hmm. of the tribe. Like so she, yeah, she knows how yeah. to like use the medicinal plants. And you know, you see mm-hmm. you see the 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 ladies kind of like uh, being the you know because in, in those tribes you have hunters and gatherers, right? And mm-hmm. you see the the ladies kind of gathering and stuff, and you see her kind of like. You know, headstrong, um, stubborn, mm-hmm. kind of walking past those ladies, and you kind of like notice them, sort of like look at them, like, Ugh. you know, it's kind of like there's a lot of that lately, like Moana and uh, that Disney movie, 
and you know that theme of these like hard-headed girls and i, I don't know about you man but my, oh, my yeah. daughter is just about as hard-headed as it as it gets and very 100 very independent man and like mm-hmm. she's the kind of girl that like i'm like here let me let me get that for you and she's like no and she mm-hmm. does it herself she wants to do it herself and yeah. that character aspect in this movie was just so relatable and i just i just loved it man i just it was just well done man i just loved yeah. it so much and another thing it's just like like i said if you're not into predator movies or like that kind of thing it's action-packed it's suspenseful and it's got mm-hmm. native americans kicking butt it's just amazing oh what about dude how she like customizes her freaking weapon you know what i mean oh she like that was the best t- makes that rope ties it to the tomahawk and is like practicing yeah i mean you got it you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit on that because like, like it is she's CGI. yanking it out of the out of the tree yeah but it's still so it doesn't take away from it being bad yeah uh, one thing that i have to say about it is tonight's program has been brought to you by This is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. You know, like, before it came out, just sort of hearing the plot, and I know I'm not alone in this, like, I was a little worried because it was like, okay, I absolutely am fully intrigued in, uh, like, the Native American aspect. I mean, you know... Woody and I both, like, we're always, we're always big fans of, like, sort of, like, and we talked about this the other day, like, placing these, like, sort of, you know, imaginary sort of creations, like, franchises or whatever, mm-hmm. and then placing them, like, somewhere in, like, actual sort of real history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just adds, like, a, a new depth to mm-hmm. stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was I was really into that idea of, like, oh, now, that now like, you know, now you have, a, like, Indians fighting a predator. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Yeah, dude. Um, but, like, I, then it was like, oh, well, it's just, like, a girl this time. And I don't know. There, there was, uh, and I'm just being honest, but there was, like, an initial sort of, like, initial, uh, and, again, I'm a girl dad. I was brought up by a single mom for years. Like, I'm all about feminism, all about girl power. But... A little bit of like pandering is happening in media where some they're using some like tools and and it's at the the deficit of like the story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on. Because look, this is one of those topics that is, and I can just tell because of the way that you're sounding, it's hard to express yourself with for fear of sounding like uh, a bigot. Okay, what Tyler's what Tyler's trying to say is sometimes, well, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, dude. There's nothing mm-hmm. that excites us more than mm-hmm. and heck, uh, we talked about it when we talked about Nope. There's nothing that excites us more than fresh 
mm-hmm. and new and storytelling that's a good right. story. And then the, seeing those themes within those things, mm-hmm. within those uh, stories, uh, boy, my nose made a real cool buzz. There. <laughs> what seeing, was that? Seeing those themes <laughs> within those stories, I don't know how to explain it. Like, in other words, like there are certain studios, there are certain filmmakers, comic mm-hmm. book writers, storytellers who seem to just be checking the box so they say so that right. they, they say they they've done it and that they're mm-hmm. quote unquote inclusive. Right, exactly. And to me that's unfortunate because yeah. there's a lot and it comes lost off as there. Pandering Dude, to me. Not only, not only that it's just boring and dumb storytelling. It's not good yeah. storytelling. Mm-hmm. This is a movie and, and and same with like Nope and Us and Get Out. I mean, mm-hmm. especially like Get Out and Us. I mean, there's some very sort of heavily, um, oh yeah, you know, racial tension themes mm-hmm. in those movies. But because it's done by a storyteller, you know, maybe hold on, let me do this. Maybe it's unfair for me to call it dumb storytelling. That that's unfair. It's just easy. It's easier in the, in the time also, we live in. Like. Because it's done the way that Jordan Peele is capable of doing it because he's such a brilliant storyteller. Mm-hmm. And because this movie told a story like it did, mm-hmm. it's going that message mm-hmm. is gonna reach a broader audience. It's gonna oh, yeah. like do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think well, that's what your fear was. Your fear was like, please don't just be it the, was sort the of box a, checking, like yeah. It was sort of like a like a woke thing of like unrealistic, like, sort of like okay, you yeah. Know. That's the that's the thing. It's like okay, so you're gonna have like this like tiny little Comanche girl defeat the predator who beat you know. Mm-hmm. But I think w- what I was gonna say is I think what was so refreshing about this and so such a uh, relief for me to once I saw it was like it wasn't. It hadn't. It wasn't just like checking a box. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it is the first Comanche dubbed movie ever. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that is a. I, I have. I have Cherokee blood in me. Mm-hmm. I. I love all that stuff, and so, I think. I think for me, if if the story makes sense, then then I'm one hundred percent behind it. Mm-hmm. But but you know, like I was saying, it's like in the time that we live in in 2022, it's. There's so much stuff that we see of like, like oh, here's this beloved character that people have loved for years. We're going to turn her into a girl. We're going to turn him into a girl. Or yeah. we're going to do that. It's just like decisions that, that have nothing to do with any sort of like story. And this is going to sound mean, but it kind of sounds like somebody that, you know, like, um, I don't know. Somebody, it sounds to me like someone that's in charge and, and head of like any of those yes. studios mm-hmm. is is Warner actually Brothers. like 100% sort of like ignorant to all of it. And they're like, uh, I don't, yeah, let's do this. And it's yeah, exactly. like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Like this movie, like, I, you know, I think sometimes because of all that stuff, we're getting real deep here. Hey, man, it's cool. Sometimes, unfortunately, like people can kind of scoff at words like, Especially where we live, that's not bad or whatever. I'm just saying people can scoff at words such as representation, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, it it can for some feel like 
It's just a box being checked. Now, this movie and all of Jordan Peele's movies, but this movie too, to me, was such a beautiful, Mm -hmm. and, and same with Nope, but such a beautiful representation Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. like, I felt proud for these Comanche people. Mm-hmm. I felt proud for this girl. like show, Because like that underlying theme of, in the movie, people telling her, you can't be a hunter. You know? Like, come on. And that being sort of like a similar trope that, you know, girls have had to deal with. Yeah. My, my oh, point, 100%. too, is like, there's so many things that if any character, boy or girl, can help mm-hmm. someone that is young and growing up be feel empowered. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like authentic, dude, because that authentic empowerment, dude, is more mm-hmm. powerful than any kind of artificial empowerment. Yes. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so like yeah, well, the reason and, why and, I want my daughter to see this movie and 100%. my son is to show you like, look, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, anybody mm-hmm. that tells either of you, you can't do something because you're not this or that, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, totally. And totally. this and this movie has that message, and it and it's so well done. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Yeah. I think I'm just getting old and sentimental, and like I can well, see well, stuff. You well, know. but but I think I think you know what what was so great about it, and is the fact is like the story. It's like mm. you know she she didn't have a dad, so she was kind of like, you know, she wanted to be like a hunter. She wanted to be like one of the boys. Mm -hmm. But then she was also like learning these things, you know, on like this, you know, quote unquote, like the squall side where Mm -hmm. like medicines and Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. So she was like almost like double equipped Mm -hmm. and not even, not only that, but like here's a trope that I'm always a fan of. She, you know, despite like, what you know in in her place in like their society in 1719 with mm-hmm. with in a in a, a Comanche tribe where she's supposed you, you know you're only allowed to be a squaw like I think that's what's so cool because she had to rise above like the men in the tribe and what was cool about it is like yeah maybe she's not as like physically strong mm-hmm. biologically but like she it was cool that she like was able to like outwit the every everybody because of her like she was just so smart mm. and like observant and stuff. Dude, I love that you just said that because I would have completely forgot to talk about how she how cool it was the way that she defeated the predator. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, man, it wasn't brute strength. Right. Yep. It was so amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, unfortunately, cuz here's where we are now as a just again and this is the last thing I want to say about it. As a society, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because I think some people won't watch it because they think it's just going to be like shoved in their face, sort of like yeah. the girl wins. And it's and that's, and to me, dude, that's tragic. That is tragic. This yeah. is, out of all of them or anything out there these days, this is the one that they should see. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'll say, man, and, I, and I'll be fully transparent and honest about this. I, I'll say before I, was, I had a daughter. There were a lot of things that I wouldn't pay attention to in terms of like, or not even pay attention to, care about. Mm-hmm. And that sounds rude, man. I guess, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about, look, I'm a gentleman, man. You know, yeah. I'm not talking about being like no, I know what you mean. a suppressive. I'm talking about like, you know, certain things that are true. 
mm-hmm. you know, you can watch a movie like this and see that, like, look, that's how their society was. Mm-hmm. And despite that, right? Yeah. Just like you said, like, dude, not only did she have to become an expert at all of the things that the girls were doing. Right. And learn it and all that. But in order to do what she wanted to do, she mm-hmm. also had to be good at tracking and mm-hmm. and all that. And smart and using all those things together. And it's not, you didn't come away feeling like, oh, girls are better than men. Yeah, that, that's another thing. You know what I'm thing. saying? It's not I'm, like replacing one with the other. It's, hey, man, also. And that's the thing that I try to like instill in my kids and my daughter too. It's like, it's not about you being... A, you know, better than a boy, mm-hmm. or would he, or would you being better than girls? It's not that. It's, dude. Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses as individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, if there's something that you don't like, or that you're quote unquote weaker at, slower at, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. dude. And I, I mean, not to get back to running, but I freaking love my son's cross country coach, dude. He like part of their. um motto is never afraid never halfway see it through mm. in addition to that though he says um one of the ways that i want to help these kids foster success is through our work ethic as a team mm. i want you to wish for nothing and but work hard for everything man that's cool and that so almost th- sounds like a prefontaine it's got to be something man i'm it sure it'd be you a know prefontaine it, quote. that's the kind of mentality dude that like mm-hmm. i want to instill in our kids and i think is important and mm-hmm. like we've been talking about like the unfortunate thing is like people not watching this movie yeah it, it, because thinking that it's going to be one thing unfortunately closing their mind to the reality of some of the stuff that again dude i had no but, idea about but but, a daughter, though. but also those people that, like, th- that's what really sucks is the fact that, like, the whole reason we even brought any of this up, uh, or I brought this up originally, is, like, like that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, that sort of, like, you know, maybe it's, like, a, a department head of, like, or the or the studio head of, of a studio that's making a movie. And it's, like, well, I know nothing about this, but this guy now needs to be a girl or this, yeah. like... There's been so much of that and it's been mishandled so much that it's kind of a it, it's it's an obvious like assumption that somebody would think that mm-hmm. and that's what that's what sucks that like that it has been sort of misused so much and honestly I'm looking at it from the perspective of like whether it's like the LGBTQ community whether it's like uh African Americans or whether it's you know women with like feminism I think like what you were saying, if it's like authentically done and it like serves a story, then I'm all in. I'm mm. 100%. But just like changing someone's sexuality or color or gender, just because it's like when it has nothing to do with any storytelling, anything, it's like, why are you doing that? Like you're you're just kind of like, it. it just feels like you're pandering to mm-hmm. an audience and you're kind of putting down like, and not another audience in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's and um, it's hard too, man, because I understand that there is like, I think even after Nope, I think I read some interview, it was like, dude, you know, I used to love kind of watching these types of movies as a kid. And it's like, but I always remember like as a little kid, like, well, nobody really kind of 
looks like me, you know? And so, mm, like, yeah, that, yeah. that aspect of, like, mm-hmm. finding familiar, uh, familiarity with, like, characters on screen and, and yeah, characters that on page. Yeah, man. Like, I understand that well, dude, is that, an that, important thing. But again, that, I mean, dude, think about this, man. And, and you and I have talked about this a ton. We've never really talked about it this much, I think, on the show. But, like, <laughs> uh, somebody in the background is like, man, I came here for the He-Man toys. What's going yeah. on? We've talked about this a ton together in that, like, those storytellers exist. Jordan Pill is a perfect example mm-hmm. of creating new characters and new stories right. that do all of the above. I mean, exactly. dude, the, the, the sister, and it was like one of those moments where I like, I almost spit out my uh, cherry cola. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I talked to my therapist the other day about this. Blah, blah. And he's like, you go to a therapist? She's like, yeah, I, now and then. Or I, or, <laughs> the and, and, then, and then she's like, anyways, I was telling her. And you're like, oh. So it's like mm-hmm. this, like, it doesn't have, it's like. But that's, that feels it, authentic. Right, man. And, it's and, like, it wasn't like a, hey, we, we need to like broadcast this so that we can check the box of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. It's like, no, 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 this is just authentic it, storytelling. Right, and it feels like a true piece of her like character, man. I yeah. just think there's a lot of, here's what I'll say too. I think in my internal sort of personal sort of promise, I guess, is that like Big a tree? No, no, no. Like I'll approach any movie and any character with an open mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure there's like maybe movies that I would maybe be like, oh, I don't really want to watch that. I mean, in any case, at the end of the day, well, well, before, we, before, well, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say we've come a long way, man. That's another reason why I love this movie. You know, you go back and you watch. Well, I mean, hell, dude. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure John Wayne played um, Geronimo. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's like we've come a long way and it's just, it's, I don't know, man. That's one of the, like, this movie was just beautiful. It was beautiful to see, like, Native Americans on screen, man. And, mm-hmm. and like, oh, oh my, yeah, dude, time. again, oh, my God. It's in, like, the, the, the posters and a lot of the promotional art. But when she uses the Predator's blood as part of her yes. war paint, bro. Oh my god! I, I mean, you knew it was going to happen when you saw her in the beginning dude, with the war paint on. My first off, folks, I love neon. <laughs> yeah, I love neon colors so much. I, it's just it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And so I've always thought that was a cool aspect of the Predator. Mm-hmm. And when she Absolutely. paints her freaking face with a dude, I mean, like I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, so good. Which, by the way, yeah. before we even close up or even start to, we got to get that movie. In my backyard, on the big screen, mm-hmm. and just watch it in the woods, bro. Yeah. Are dude. you down? I am 100% down. And that's our show. <laughs> well, I guess that does it. I feel like we've we've waxed poetically on the uh, pros and cons of diversity and representation in films <laughs> for long enough. But yeah, these are two movies that we absolutely loved and we just we we couldn't help ourselves but having like some sort of breakdown and uh we know our fans are much like ourselves so hopefully you guys will enjoy that so if you would like to find us you can head on over to instagram we love the comments we love all that little bicker and banter over there uh if you want to tell us something tell us a story tell us an event something that happened to you uh, shoot us a DM if it's more long form or what I suggest and what a lot of folks are doing now, which is incredible. 
can't say it enough, is uh, recording voice memos. You know, maybe they have a, their own personal ghost story or uh, more sort of local urban legends that they want to tell us about. Like, that's the stuff that we just, we absolutely love. So if you want to send your voice memo or, you know, write up your story or however you want to do it, send it over to that would be radpod at gmail.com. Get out there and give us a five-star rating. Uh, you can do it on Apple Podcast or Spotify or pretty much all of them have it now. But it, it does help us get new listeners. Also, like we always say, go tell just one single friend about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have that friend who's a little a little weird, a little into maybe they're into ghosts or maybe they're into whatever. Something that you think that they would relate to that we talk about. Just tell them about the show. It really makes a big difference. So uh, I guess that's about it. The Camp Rad Strangeness merch is officially gone. gone. You missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will be doing some back-to-school stuff here in the next couple of weeks. New merch, a couple new designs and that kind of thing. But um, I think that is about it. You got anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. Cool, man. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it That's the way it goes